Well, let's get into the Word for a little bit this morning. Let's look at Psalms 8. We started talking about daily dominion last week, and there were some things that I didn't quite get to that I want to get to this morning. How many of you will agree with me for that? So, Father, thank you for utterance. Thank you for strength. Strength you for the ability that comes only from you. And I give you glory for it and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Psalms 8 verse 4 says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, literally Elohim, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Say with me, I've been crowned with glory and honor. Thou madest to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and that has put all things where? Under his feet. Because we've been raised up together with Christ. We are now in that seat of authority, and he has placed all things under our feet. So we have been created in Christ Jesus with dominion, not to be dominated, but rather, praise God, to dominate. Is that right? Amen. Amen. And so we talked a little bit last week how that we have the keys of the kingdom, how that we have been given kingdom dominion. Jesus said this, Fear not, little flock, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the reign, Young says, to give you the reign, to give you the keys of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Now, how many of you ladies or even some of you guys have used Amazon quite a bit lately? Well, what Amazon does is you pay for it online, and they put your name on it, right? And then maybe 24 hours or sometimes less, they'll deliver it right to your door. It's already been paid for, right? And so all you've got to do is what? You've got to open the door, pick up your package, and you have what you ordered. Well, how many of you know that our inheritance in Christ Jesus includes dominion, and it's been bought and paid for? And what faith does is faith opens the door and takes what has already been purchased for us. You see, Jesus is standing at the door with all of the rich benefits of your deliverance and of your salvation. Praise God. And so we need to open the door. We don't stand on the other side of the door when Amazon comes and cry and cry and beg and plead. No, it's right there. Amen. Their part was to deliver it. Our part is to receive it. Now, one thing we want to make sure is that our receiver is in good position to receive all of the rich benefits that the door Jesus offers us. Amen? How many of you have a cell phone? Okay, how many of you don't have a cell phone? All right. Well, most people do have a cell phone. And what a cell phone calls for... A cell phone calls for a signal. It must have Wi-Fi. The signal must come from a carrier. Now, if you go outside of the location where you can't pick up the signal, guess what? Your phone cannot receive. Your phone will not work outside of what the carrier provides. And even though you still have the phone in your possession, it won't work. You see, your inheritance in Christ Jesus and His dominion belongs to you, but you've got to stay on receiving ground. You've got to stay on receiving ground. Because God has His part, and we also have our part. You know, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I was born in 1950. You can do the math. I'm 73. Pretty good looking for a 73-year-old. 
Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you very much. But, you know, I like the New York Yankees, and I love to watch the Yankees play on television. Remember those old black and white TVs? Well, some of you don't. Philco or Motorola. And on top of the television, what we would have is rabbit ears. Okay? And so sometimes those rabbit ears would be need to be adjusted so that we could pick up the Yankees on Saturday afternoon. Amen. So you had to turn it sometimes, and you had to adjust it. And that would determine whether you're going to be able to watch your show or not. Is that right? Now, when we weren't able to get it because of a storm or some kind of interference, we didn't get on the phone, our dial phone, remember those? And call the television station and say, what's up over there? You need to fix your station. No, it wasn't that they needed to fix their station. They were sending the signal. We had to fix the antenna, which was our receiver. What is your point? Many people are trying to get God to send something that he's already sent. And you and I need to make sure our spiritual antenna is in place so that we can receive the signal. See, if something's not working in my life, I need to make some adjustments. It's never on God's end. It's always on our end. And some of these adjustments adjustments may include, and this is not an exclusive list, it may include tweaking our love walk. Amen. I just heard the organ on that one. How many of you know faith will not work when we're not walking in love? Why is that? Because Galatians said that faith works by love. And faith will not work in a bitter heart. And faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. So sometimes the Spirit of the Lord, who lives on the inside of us, will cue us to some adjustments that we need to make. Another big adjustment, I don't know about you, but I've had to make it several times. And my walk with God is how I talk. Now, your body will always want to talk from a feeling perspective. Your mind has these feelings. And if you let your mouth just run its course, you'll spew out a lot of things that will deny your rich inheritance in Christ Jesus. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, no condemnation. Don't get under a weight of condemnation today. But if the Holy Spirit deals with you and convicts you to change the way you talk, to change the way you think, to change the way that you're treating your, your, your brothers and sisters or your wife or husband, for heaven's sake, make the adjustments. Because the door stands at the door with all of the rich benefits of your deliverance. Oh, hallelujah. I could hear a better shout than that. Amen. And so what we want to do when the enemy comes is we want to do what James chapter 4, 7 says. We talked about it last week. The Bible says, submit yourself therefore to God. Amen. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now everybody wants the devil to flee from them. But notice with me, the result is wonderful. But the first step is we must be submitted to God. And how is it that we submit ourselves to God? Like I said last week. To the degree that we submit to Him is the degree that your dominion will work. In other words, if there's little submission in my life, there's going to be little dominion. Right? Why is it important for us to submit to God? As I said last week, because our dominion flows from Him. And your dominion works fully when you are submitted completely and entirely to Him. So submit yourself to God. Find out what His plan is for your life. 
Find out what he's been dealing with you about. Amen? And then you'll be able to rise up, resist the devil, and guess what? The devil will not have a choice. He's going to have to run for, from you as in start chair. Amen. Now, I want to spend a little bit more time on this verse. Everyone say, thank God for the word. So let's look over at 1 Peter, uh, the fifth chapter. 1 Peter chapter 5, and I'm going to take an H2O break. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, be what? Be sober. Now, another way you could say be sober is be alert. Be alert. Be sober and be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, how many of you know the devil is not your friend? The devil is not your friend. Some of you need to stop bedding up and bunnying down with him. Oh, I didn't say that. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, I looked up that word vigilant. Let's keep that verse up there. That word vigilant literally means this. Be alertly watchful for danger and difficulties. Be alertly watchful for danger and difficulties. He's saying to us, be sober and be watchful. I don't know whether you realize it or not, but the enemy watches to see how watchful you are. And watchfulness, I believe with all my heart, is the price for constant victory. Folks, this verse is not a recommendation. This verse is a requirement. If we're going to walk in the full flow of dominion, we must be watchful. We must be alert. Not out of fear, but in faith. Amen. Now, you've all seen war pictures, war movies over the years. And what they say about war sometimes is the ones that get the higher ground are the ones that are at a great advantage. A great advantage. They say the higher the ground is gained, but once it's gained, it must be maintained. I'm so glad Jesus lifted us up out of the pit on the higher ground. You can't get any higher than, it, than you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're seated right next to the Most High. Glory to God. Lord, lift us up on higher ground. Amen? Now, even though we are already on higher ground, we must make sure that we maintain that. We must maintain what He's gained for us. Does that make sense to you today? We must maintain our dominion. Amen. So it's your job then. Now, a lack of watchfulness puts us at a great disadvantage. And I've discovered this, that one way that you and I can watch and be good watchers is by praying, by praying, by staying prayed up. How many of you believe in being prayed up? Oh, yeah. And we're going to do some praying up here in this house. Because kicking off on March 10th, we're going to kick off 21 days of prayer. 
I don't know if we have that up there where they can see it, but we're going to kick off a season of 21 days of prayer right there. Everyone say 21 days of prayer. That's going to start on March 10th, and it's going to go right on through to March 30th. And guess what? March 31st is Resurrection Day. I said March 31st is Resurrection Day. The day we celebrate, hallelujah, the defeat of Satan and the raising of Jesus from the dead. Amen? And what we're going to do is we're going to pray fervently over several areas in this church. One thing in week one, I'm going to ask all of you to pray for an awakening in America. Does America need to wake up? But right along with that, we need to pray for an awakening in the body of Christ. Because I believe as the body of Christ wakes up, it will position, praise God, and it will be a catalyst for the nation to wake up. Amen. So we do not need to be sleepy saints in this day and this hour. We need to be stirred up saints, praying the perfect will of God. And so we're going to be sending out devotions every week with a prayer assignment, with a reading assignment. And then we're going to have a spattering of different prayer meetings that you can come to uh, so that we can pray unitedly. Everyone say, thank God. God. Not only for the spirit of faith, but also for the spirit of prayer. Now, connected to this watching, remember this, we are to watch and pray. Now, the more that I pray and the more that I watch in the spirit, the easier it is for me to be able to identify the enemy when he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Remember, he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Say with me, I'm a may not. And if you want to continue to be a may not, you need to make sure you pray up and stay strong in your spirit. Because the strong spirit of a man is going to sustain him in his infirmity. God is looking for strong believers in these last days that will purpose in their heart, I'm going to pray strong prayers and I'm going to run my race strong and I'm going to finish my race strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now notice, let's get back to our message. I said, like someone said recently, a lack of watchfulness puts us at a disadvantage. And one way we can be watchful is by staying prayed up. Now look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. I remember Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he needed a little prayer support. Anybody ever need a little prayer support from time to time? Oh, absolutely, we all do. And so Jesus was just about to go to the cross and give his life as a ransom for all. And he was so burdened by what was about to happen, he asked the Father to remove this cup from him. What cup was he talking about? He was talking about that cup of judgment, the cup of becoming a sin offering. And then, of course, on bended knee, he prayed that glorious prayer of consecration. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. How many of you want the will of God to be done in your life? Oh, pray this with me right now. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so his disciples were there with him. Matthew 26. And notice with me verse 41. Ready, read. Watch and pray 
that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. Notice with me, he's asking them to watch and to pray. And he said, if you will watch and you will pray, you will not enter into what? You will not enter into temptation. Now let's take this principle for our own life. Let's take this out of the Garden of Gethsemane into the arena of our own life. I believe that Jesus is saying to us this morning, sons and daughters, watch and stay prayed up. So you will be in a position not to enter in to the temptations that the enemy is bringing your way. Now understand this, that the enemy has different entrance points. He has different entrance points to where he wants to lure us into the realm of temptation. One entrance point, obviously, is fear. How many of you know you yield to fear, you're on the devil's territory? But oh, save me, God's not given me a spirit of fear. But a power and a love... And of a sound mind. Another entrance point that he tries to lure us into is the temptation to quit. Anybody ever been tempted to quit? I mean, God put something in your heart to do and it didn't happen overnight. The enemy's knocking on your door. Just quit. Just forget it. Along with that quitting spirit, he'll bring a discouraged spirit. Those are temptations. But if you will maintain a spirit of prayer... And if you'll maintain the strength that God gives through prayer, you'll be able to see what he's trying to pull off on you. You'll get previews. How many of you know that prayers get previews? I'm going to say that again. Prayers get previews. He will alert you down on the inside of you. This is where the enemy is trying to tempt you. This is where the enemy is trying to lure you away. Oh, but oh, thank God. I said, thank God. For the Holy Ghost. Can you just thank Him for the Holy Ghost today? Lift up both hands and thank God for the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So if we will watch and pray, we'll not enter in to the temptations that the enemy is trying to lure us into. So we see that He's looking for a place. Look at Ephesians 4 27. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and the 27th verse. You all listen so good, you might get a shorter message today. I might have should have preached a little bit longer next week about victory. It might have helped the 49ers just a little better. <laughs> we might have should have done some more binding and loosing. I don't know. We might have should have used our keys just a little bit better. For all you Raider fans, please forgive me. And you Detroit Lions fans, you traitor. (laughs) I won't say any names. He looks like a Viking. Used to to cheer for the Vikings, but now he's a Lions fan. What is up with that? (laughs) Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the 27th verse. Praise the Lord. Let's read this one together. Neither... Let's read it again. Neither give place to the devil. You see, the devil can't just come up and take a place in our lives. 
However, we can give him a place. And not exercising our dominion when he shows up gives him a place. Here's the good news. You want some good news? If you have given him a place, you can take back the place that you've given him. What do you say, heart of the bay? Glory to God. Let's take our place. Let's shut all entry places. Let's shut the door. Wow. And give him no place. Amen. No place here. No place in my mind. No place in my body. No place in my marriage. No place in my friendships. No place in the way I talk. No place in the way I walk. No place, no place, no place, no place. No place for you, devil. I give place to the Son of the living God who lives on the inside of me. I submit to you and I give you full sway in my life. Woo! Glory to God. And if you will do that, you'll be a lot happier than you've ever been. You'll experience more joy than you have ever experienced in your life. Why? Because all of a sudden, you get on this train of victory. This this procession of victory. Thanks be unto God. Hallelujah. Who leads us on from place to place in a train and a procession of continuous victory. And as a result of that, we celebrate. Hallelujah. We're joyful about what He has done in our life. Glory to God. You know, and it's good to get on a train together with other believers. Glory to God. We're on a train. We're picking up steam. We're picking up momentum. Glory to God. We're going from place to place, from victory to victory. And that's a whole other message that I want to preach to you someday. But oh my goodness, thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory. Amen. So shut all the doors. Now to have continual victory, there must be a continual exercising of our dominion. Now here's what happens when we do that. Something takes place. It's called momentum. Everyone say momentum. When you exercise your dominion daily... There's a momentum that begins to take place in your life. It causes momentum. Now, why is that? Because your faith is moving. I said your faith is moving. And when your faith is moving, glory to God, it causes you not to fall backwards, but it causes you to move forward. Amen. Now, you can have a good momentum in your life or you can have a not so good momentum in your life. But momentum increases through consistency. Say of me, momentum increases through consistency. I remember when I first got born again. Man, I was a confession addict going somewhere to confess the word. I mean to tell you, I I would every day, praise God, declare and proclaim what God's word said about me, who I have, what I have, where I am, and what I can do in and through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so understand this, that when you first take off in this walk with God, you can be really, really on fire. But how many of you know you can let some things slip? I said, you can let some things slip. And somebody said, well, Pastor Mark, you know, I was, I was doing great. At one time in my walk with God, I was doing good. But it just seems like I've lost my momentum. It seems like 
I've lost my joy. At one time, I had a vision, and I was tenacious about it, and I was praying about it, but it just seems like to me, I've just let some things slip. Is it possible for us to let some things slip? That's why Jesus said this. He said, it's so important if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you will what? You will know the truth and the truth will, it'll set you free. It'll make you free and it will keep you free. My goodness. You know, letting things slip happens all the time in sports. It does, especially in basketball. I've watched basketball games where the team was up by 20 points in the second quarter. All of a sudden, up by 20 points. But by the mid-third quarter or into the third quarter, they were down by 15. Well, what happened? They let the basics slip. They stopped boxing out. They weren't getting the rebounds that they needed. Amen? They begin to get sloppy and kind of go by rote rather than sticking with the ABCs and the basic fundamentals of basketball. I experienced that when I played. Some of you experienced that as well. Letting the basics slip will decrease momentum. And there'll be a shift in the other way and in the other direction. I can remember in high school, um, we were playing for third place in the state tournament. It was on a Saturday night. We had lost the semifinal game to a team that we had beaten earlier this year. And you know, when you lose like that, you kind of get discouraged and you think, oh man, I'm not going to be able to be in the state championship game. You know, my, my friends and all the people are going to be so disappointed. And so there's kind of a, a draggy feeling going along with that. We played at 9 p.m. We lost in our next game, I think, like was at 1 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. And we played a team that was a lot, not as, not nearly as good as we were, but at halftime, they were up. And they were beating us pretty bad. And there was just a lot of nonchalant playing going on, a lot of things, you know, that should have not happened. But someone spoke up at halftime. <laughs> I said, someone spoke up at halftime. And that person said, you are better than that. These people are not nearly as good as you are. Don't let that rural city beat you city boys. (laughs) I know it sounded a little cocky. I said, we need to get back to some backyard basketball. And the team just exploded. That's right, backyard basketball. You know what backyard basketball is, man? I mean, elbows are flowing, glory to God. Bodies are being pushed away. You're grabbing rebounds. You're doing everything you can to get that ball in the hoop to get the victory. So we went out and we just killed them in the second half. You see, what I'm saying to you this morning is this. What is lost can be regained. I said, what is lost can be regained. Some of you need to get into a good halftime huddle. And really, that's why we come together. That's one of the value of having church. We come together to get built up. We come together to be encouraged. We come together to gain momentum. Oh, folks, we all need an environment we can regain. 
where we can, we can come back, praise God, and regain the big mo. One of those places for me is not only Heart of the Bay Christian Center, but I have places that I go to, like this week. I'm going down to Tulsa. I'm going to my roots. I'm going to the place where I started off in the things of God. Praise the Lord. And every time I walk into that building, something comes upon me. It's the Holy Spirit comes upon me. It's the anointing comes upon me. There's an air and an atmosphere of refreshing. There's an air and there's an atmosphere, if you will, glory to God, of encouragement. And that's the way it is here at Heart of the Bay. We don't want any of you who have lost momentum. We don't want any of you to be under condemnation. We want you to come into this place and breathe in the fresh air and recovery from the effects of the heat that you've experienced. Everyone say, I'm regaining my momentum today. And you know what? We all need faith buddies. I said we need faith buddies. Pastor Tom is one of my biggest faith buddies. Hallelujah. I sent him an ugly picture of Chipmunk the other day. And I, why did I send that to him? To bum him out? No. To encourage him to pray for me. And that's the value of the local church. We can lock shields together. We can, we can, oh, glory to God. We can extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Glory to God. We can stand strong together, immovable, steadfast, resisting the devil. And he has no choice. He must flee. He must run from us as in terror. So I want you to know that you are in our prayers. Now this phrase came up to me the other day as I was meditating. And that phrase is this. We all need faith buddies, not faith bummers. Somebody said, what in the world? I was kind of wondering that when I saw that myself. What do you mean faith bummers? I mean people that have a superiority attitude about where they are in God. And looking down on you because you're in a test. That, my friends, is not a faith buddy. That's a faith bummer. And people like that normally haven't been through stuff maybe that you're going through. So you don't need a faith bummer. You need a faith buddy. Amen. Another example of a faith bummer, you know, would be, oh, man, you're just so full of doubt. You're just so full of unbelief. You're so full of fear. What's wrong with you? No, we do not need to know what's wrong with us. We need to discover what's right with us. Come on, somebody. And you need a group of friends that know that they're the righteousness of God in Christ. You need a group of friends that will put something into you, not take something out of you. And the choir said, Amen. And the church over here said, Amen. Be that faith, buddy. Now, a key then to exercising... Our dominion is recognizing what is calling for your dominion. How many know that symptoms can call out? Fear can call out. Discouragement can call out. And I've discovered this. What we consistently turn to is what will consistently operate in our lives. If we consistently turn to the symptoms, if we consistently turn to the lack, if we consistently turn to those things in our life, they will gain momentum and expression in our lives. But if we'll turn 
to the Word of God. If we'll turn to the name of Jesus. And if we'll turn to pleading the blood of Jesus. If we'll turn to the weapons of our warfare, we're going to have a whole different outcome in our life. Say with me, dominion flows when we rise up and we use the weapons of our warfare. Jesus used them. Jesus said when he was tempted of the devil for 40 days and nights, what did he say? It is written. When he was tempted again the second time, what did he say? It is written. The third time when he was tempted again, he said, it is written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And the devil left him for a more opportune time. Somebody said, well, that was Jesus. Well, Jesus left his, his word. It's written. And he left us his written word so that you and I can speak it. Hallelujah. And so as the temptations come, take the word of God. It's a sharp two-edged sword. Amen. Deal with him on the benefits of your sword of the spirit. Secondly, we got the name. Everyone say, I've got the name. Say me, I've got the name. You see, wherefore God has highly exalted you, highly exalted him and given you the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow of things in earth and things under the earth. Hallelujah. Heaven, hell and earth got to bow their knee to the mighty name above every name. This is part of our equipment. This is a part of our dominion. It's the name. And then thank God for the blood of Jesus. I said, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12, 11 says, We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Say with me, I am an overcomer. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Woo, glory to God. And lastly, listen to this. Another way that we can exercise our dominion is through praise and worship. I said through praise and worship. Dominion flows when you praise. I'm going to say it again. Dominion flows when you praise. When you worship. Brenda's been gone a few days. I got praise going on in the house. The TV is not running constantly. No, I got some praise flowing. I got some worship going. I want the atmosphere of my home to be heavenly. Amen. So dominion not only flows in a place like this when we praise and worship, but dominion can flow in your automobile. Dominion can flow on your way to work. Dominion can flow in your kitchen while you're cooking eggs. Dominion can flow, glory to God, by the washing machine. Amen. Just set up an atmosphere of your home. Get good anointed music. And I may have understand that anointed music may be something that came from years ago. The most important thing is we want the anointing. Hallelujah. So now listen to this. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 21, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. He knew to put the praisers out front. 
Why is that? Because the praisers are the dominators. I said the praisers are the dominators. Glory to God. The praisers are the ones that go out before and face the enemy on the front lines. Amen? He told them what to say. Let's say it together. Praise you, the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. What happened is it set the atmosphere for the anointing to show up. The enemy got so confused at the worship flow. He got so confused at the praise flow, glory to God, that he started, you know, they started killing themselves. Amen. Verse 22 and verse 23, Pastor Tom, come. It says, and when they began to sing in praises, what did the Lord do? The Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which came up against Judah. And what were they? They were smitten. How many of you know Judah means praise? Hallelujah. They came up against the children of praise. Amen. Amen. Verse 23. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay, slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped. Glory to God to destroy one another. Amen. Glory to God. So I trust you got something good out of today's message. I think we ought to stand up right now. I think we ought to lift our hands and give him some praise in this house. Glory to God. Glory to God.